kicking off this new series today called To and Through. And one of the things that uh, I want to grow in, and I want to encourage you to grow in, so as, as your pastor, I want to encourage you to grow in, is the understanding that God is good. Can you just say that with me? Can you just say God is good? Can you say it? Let's say God is good. Okay, so you don't believe it yet, but I'm going to get you there over the next three weeks. We're going to believe together that God is good. And you need to know that. I need to know that. And we need to live with that truth in our face every single day. We need to recognize his goodness, which is all around us. And some of you need to tell your face right now that God is good because you're not expressing that God is good. And sometimes uh, even the ways that we are interacting with the people around us, I mean, I, I need to turn the lights down a little bit more for you because we need to express with our lives, followers of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, and I know this isn't everyone uh, who's here or who's watching online, but if you're a follower of Jesus, God is good, even when you don't sense it, even when you don't feel it. Even when it doesn't seem as though God is with us or active, the truth is God is good. And most of the time, he's better than we know. And his goodness is, is abounding to each one of us. And, and I want us to, to, to move in that direction over the next three weeks because I think we need to be reminded again. I need to be reminded of the goodness of God because we live in a world that likes to express the things that aren't good, right? We live in a world that likes to take our attention from God and move it onto other things. And we need to come back again and again to the goodness and the grace and the love and the truth of God, which can change us. And so here's one thing I want us to start with today. Uh, uh, some of you watch Jimmy Fallon, some of you watch some late night stuff, and uh, do you remember Jimmy Fallon used to do something uh, called slow jamming the news? You guys remember this, anyone? Nobody. I got three people in the room who remembers this. So they would slow jam the news, which they would play this music, and rather than just tell the news, they would sing the news. Well, I'm not going to do that this morning, but we're going to slow play a prayer this morning. Are you with me? We're going to have a little bit of an extended prayer because I think we need some prayer in our world right now. And uh, we're going to slow play a prayer that most of you have heard before and most of you know. And as we slow, uh, slow pray this prayer, I'm going to make some comments going through. Uh, just to help us know what, what it is we're praying. Listen, prayer can move God, but moving God isn't the only thing that prayer does. Prayer changes us, and we need to be changed. We are broken. We need God's goodness to change us and transform us. So it's a prayer that Jesus taught. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Some of you have heard it before, right? The Lord's Prayer. You remember this one? It's like one of his famous ones, one of the ones that people know and say oftentimes. And uh, I'll let you know when we're going to pray it together. And you don't have to pray it, but I'm going to invite you to pray it. So this first line, uh, which is, is fairly simple, our Father in heaven. I mean, there's so much packed into this, and I don't have time to slow play it the, at the level that it deserves, but I'm going to slow play it just a little bit. Jesus wants us to know that, that God in heaven isn't God separated from us in a way that we can't connect to him, but our Father in heaven, he's a father beyond any earthly father. Now, I know some of us have some challenges with our earthly father, but he is a father that loves us more than we can ever imagine. And this is the image that, that Jesus wants us to understand, that he is the provider 
He is the one who loves us and who is with us no matter what. It's our Father in heaven. And then he gives us, this isn't anything to do with Halloween. Uh, Hallowed be thy name. I was, when I was a kid and I learned the prayer, I didn't really quite know exactly what that meant. Like, Hallowed be, like, that doesn't match Halloween. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that Hallowed be your name, like set apart be your name, or holy be your name, or separate be your name. Like, may, may there be no other name that receives my attention and my affection like you do. Does that make sense? So when we say this, when we say our Father in heaven, um, hallowed be your name, like you are the one who receives something from us as humans that no one else or nothing else in this world should receive. Are you with me? So that's the prayer that Jesus wants us to pray on a regular basis. Okay, so let's, let's slow pray this one. You ready? Here we go. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Ah, that's it's good. It's a good prayer to pray every single day. And then Jesus goes into the next line. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And most scholars agree that this isn't just wishful thinking to say to God, hey God, make your kingdom happen. Just like blow it up here in the earth right now. As great as that would be, most scholars agree that what Jesus was teaching us to pray was this understanding that God's Will in his kingdom, the way that it happens in heaven, is something that becomes manifest or present in the world through our activity, and that this part of the prayer is actually a commitment to do things according to his kingdom and his will. Now, this is one of the toughest parts of the prayer, if we're honest, because it calls us to live in a different kind of way to live in a way that reflects his kingdom, to live in a way, to act in a way, to speak in a way that reflects his will here on earth just as it is in heaven. Are you with me? You still with me? So you ready to slow pray this part? I keep tripping up on that. Slow pray the prayer. Here we go. May your kingdom come and may your will be done here on earth just as it is in heaven. And then... Uh, Jesus says this next line that we should pray, give us today our daily bread. And it's a reminder that God is the one who provides everything that we need. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today what we need to live through the day. And you know the challenging part of this? Okay, so one thing I love about scripture is the depth of scripture. Like you can read the same passage over and over again and like 10 years later you see something that you never saw before. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. It's the, it's the, it's the act of, of God's word being alive and moving within us. And here's the truth is that when I read this, sometimes I get a little cynical. When I pray this, sometimes I'm a little cynical and I say, yeah, he's provided me my food, but what about all the people who don't have any food? You ever think that? Give us today our, our, our daily bread. Well, it's easy to thank God for what he's given me because I and most of us in this room, we, we're not wondering where our next meal is coming from, are we? Most of us do not have to lean into God when it comes to this, this part very much because we think that what we've done has provided everything, which is a whole nother sermon. I'll get into that another day. But I think it's also a call to be reminded that when God over provides for us, that he wants to use us to provide daily bread for others. 
Now, come on, that'll preach, right? It's this, like, the depth of, of, of the prayer is that when we begin to pray, God, provide us uh, our daily bread each and every day. It's this, hopefully, a wake-up call that not only does he provide what I need, but sometimes he provides more than I need so that I can be a partner with God in the world today. Now, is that insane generosity that God has blessed you so much and he doesn't need you but he's actually invited you to be a part of what he's doing come on the God of the universe wants you to be his partner in providing what other people need it's awesome so let's slow pray this one give us today our daily bread and then this great prayer that all of us need each and every day and forgive us our sins um, I, I won't ask you to raise your hands, but how many have you, of you have sinned this week? Oh, wait, you're raising your hands. You're like, I'm pr- don't be proud of it. Just be uh, truthful about it. Some of you are proud of it. You got to be careful with that. But some of you are, recognize just that you're broken. And I recognize that. I mean, I wish I lived perfectly, but I don't. I fall short. And I know it. Do you ever do something... And quickly you realize, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I, I so wish I could unravel what I just did. And you, and you can't. And so this prayer is, God, forgive, forgive me of my sin. But the challenging part is, as I forgive the person who sins against me. Um, how many of you, the person next to you, sinned against you this week? No, I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> um, yeah. That when we, we ask God for his forgiveness... But then we, we also, the, the same kind of forgiveness that God gives us, he, he wants us to reflect to those around us. Even, some of you didn't hear that. I'm going to whisper. Even our enemies. I mean, that's a tough prayer, isn't it? God, forgive me as I forgive those around me. What if God actually did forgive us the ways that we forgive those around us? Mm, Let's slow pray this one. You ready? And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's getting quieter and quieter as we go through this prayer. And then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. It's, It's trusting that God's spirit in us will guide us and direct us even when we don't know the step or the word to say. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Like God, I can't on my own, in my own power, my own wisdom, my own strength, I can't stay away from the things that tend to pull me back again and again. Um, This is like uh, the 12 steps, AA like teaches this so well, I think. It's it's such a helpful uh, practice to, to say I've, I've turned over my life to the one who has more power than I do because I find myself going back to the same things again and again and again. Like I, I find myself just the same thing again and again. So here we go. You ready? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. God can deliver us from evil. Yeah, I messed up that prayer. Sorry. And then finally, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So let's finish with this. And yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So my encouragement to you this week is to pray this prayer every day. 
in the midst of what we're facing and the division that's all around us and some of the darkness and chaos that we're, 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 we're living in the midst of right now. Pray this prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your name be set apart and may your kingdom come and may your will here on earth be done through, through the way that I live, the way that I speak, the way that I interact with those around me. And give, give us today exactly what we need. And God, may I be a reflection. When you give me more than I need, may I pass that along. Wherever I see it needed, may I just pass it along. And forgive me when I, when I make mistakes. Forgive me when I choose willingly to sin. Uh, forgive me for the brokenness that is a part of my life, just as I forgive those who hurt me and may, who, who, who may seek to, to demean me. And don't lead me into temptation, but deliver me from evil. For God, you deserve everything. All the power, glory, yours is the kingdom forever and ever. Amen. I mean, that's a great prayer this week with everything that's going on to pray the prayer of Jesus each and every day and be reminded of his goodness in our life, his name set apart from everything else. So Jesus continues with this prayer. We're not gonna like slow play at all. And then he moves into a little section of scripture where he says this. Uh, he says, you need, to, you need to trust God because God loves you more than you can ever imagine. God provides more than you know that he provides. And this is why I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. I mean, look at the birds and look at the lilies of the field. Like Jesus is telling people, you want to know and see the goodness of God? Look outside. And so I was reading this this week. And um, I, I think I've got the best office in the world because if you've been in my office, I mean, come see my office one day. It's in the, it's in the, the north side of the building here, back in the back. And I have a big window that my desk sits next to, and I just see the mountains. That's all I see. It's just gorgeous, and I just love it. It's the, it's the best. I don't care where your office is. Mine's better. And um, so I'm sitting at my desk this week. And I've, uh, I'm, I'm kind of working on the different things that are going on, and um, a little bird flies up. And I think it's funny. Uh, I think it's not coincidence that these things happen, but I'm, I'm seriously, I'm reading this passage of Scripture, and a bird flies up and lands on the railing just outside my window. And it's this tiny little bird. Um, Sometimes there are these really ugly birds that fly outside my window, and I kick the window to scare them away. And this bird flew up, and he landed right on the rail, and he was like this big, and, and he was kind of grayish, and he had some yellow and white, I think, on his wing a little bit, and then had a little bit of red um, just kind of tucked in right under his wing. And I just started staring at him, and I was like, I mean, that's incredible. That's beautiful. Like, I don't want that bird to fly away right now. I'm not going to kick the window or do anything to scare it away. And I just kind of watched. And then that bird flew away, and I watched it. And then I saw um, there's the wash between the next neighborhood. And so I'm watching over the wash. And some of you are like, do you do any work? And um, a hummingbird flew up from the wash. And then it started doing this, like, up and down. This hummingbird was, like, dancing in the wash. And I'm just watching this bird, and I'm like, oh, man, that is awesome. That, I'm not a bird watcher. I promise I'm not. But 
I'm reading this and I'm like reading about birds and so I'm watching the birds. I'm trying to do what Jesus says. Let's just say that. I am working. I'm trying to do what Jesus says. And so I'm watching the birds and I'm, and um, you, you all know I love to hike and I love to walk and run and all that kind of stuff. And I was out this week and some of the flowers are starting to bloom again around here. The weather's just gorgeous. And one of my favorite seasons is when the cactus get those little blooms on the top of them. Those just beautiful flowers. And if you're new to Arizona, just wait. It's going to be awesome. And Jesus says, just look at the birds. Like, go bird watching. And look at the flowers. Even in a desert that's dry and it hasn't rained in five years, I think. Is that right? Like, it hasn't rained in five years here? It's not raining, but we still get flowers. It's unbelievable. And Jesus says, just look at them. And he says, aren't you more valuable to God? Aren't you more valuable than that? He'll certainly take care of you. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live rightly or righteously. And he'll give you everything that you need. So don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Listen, I believe that um, divine generosity, I think it's Amy Bird said it better than, than, than I can say it. She said, divine generosity is more glorious than we could ever imagine. Like God's generosity to us. And all we need to do is look and pay attention to what's all around us and we would be reminded of the goodness of God each and every day. And we get tired of it, don't we? We get tired of God's goodness in our life. I mean, my kids are like, oh, I just wish it would rain. And I'm like, the sun is a reminder that God is here with us. And yes, I hope it rains a little bit, but gosh, if you just pay attention, you're reminded again and again of God's love and his care for you. But we forget. We forget that God has been good to us. And we get pulled into to thinking that everything's terrible. We get pulled into thinking that it's just, but God is good. Can I get an amen? Isn't God good? Do you believe it? I mean, do you believe that God is good in your life? Do you see it, that it's all around you? Listen, real quick, I, I, I promise, I want that dark chocolate bar. I promise, um, stay with me just for a minute. Listen, at the beginning, God created everything that, that is. He created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter one and two, read it this week. It's unbelievable. God creates everything that is. And then God spoke and he said, let us make humans. This is a different translation because I want you to catch it a little bit differently. God spoke and he said, let us make humans in our image. Make them to reflect our nature so that they can be responsible for the fish and the birds and the cattle and the earth itself and all the animals. Listen, if God can create all the animals and he can create the world, does he need our help to take care of it? Does he need our help? No, no, I mean, like, powerful. Like, does he really need humans to be a part of this? He does not need your help, and he doesn't need mine. But God is so good, he lets us. He invites us to be a part of it. Come on, that's only the goodness of God that gives you a role in his kingdom. He gives me a role in what he's doing. That's absurd generosity. He said, look, I'm going to give you everything. 
God created humans. He made them godlike, reflecting his very image and nature. And he created them, male and female both, and he blessed them. And he said, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible. Now, this is another sermon in itself. Can can I get an amen? Amen. Some of you don't get it. You'll get it later. You'll be like, oh, that's what he meant. Yeah, that's funny. Anyway, (laughs) then God said, I've given you every sort of seed-bearing fruit, every plant and tree, all for your food. Like God created this unbelievable world, and then he just gives it to us. And he says it's yours too. He doesn't have to. He can withhold his goodness at any time, but he doesn't, even when we don't deserve it. It's like he gives us an allowance when we don't even do the tasks that we're supposed to do. I mean, how good is God? God is just that good to all of us. Now, if you're a Bible nerd, some of you love the Bible nerd stuff. I'm not going to go through it this morning, but write down Genesis chapter 1 and Psalm chapter 104. And I know some of you, are, I can see some of you that are going to do this. Uh, Genesis 1, Psalm 104. And what David does in Psalm 104 is he looks at what God did in, in Genesis chapter 1, and he begins to, to see in the world what God did, and he, he reflects Genesis chapter 1 as a praise back to God and an acknowledgement of his goodness. And here's where I think we miss it all the time. I think we miss acknowledging, seeing, understand, understanding that it's God's provision that has given you and me exactly what we have. I think we miss it. And I'm not putting this on you. I think I miss it all the time. I think I, 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 think I miss it. And let me see if you're with me. I'm just going to see. Do you know anybody who has ever stood, have, maybe you, I, I doubt anybody in this room has done this, but maybe you know someone who's done this, who has stood in front of a closet full of options and made the statement, I don't have anything. <laughs> Go ahead and complete it. To, to where? Have you ever... I mean, I know that you probably haven't done that, but you probably know somebody who's said that before. And sometimes the guys like to look at the women and think that they're the only ones, but it's not true, is it, guys? Because you've said it too. You've been going on the golf thing, and you know that you're with certain people, and you want to look a certain way, and you know, oh my gosh, I don't have anything to wear. And you have a closet. And I think we, I miss it all the time. I'm not going to put this on you. I miss it all the time. The goodness of God who's provided so much more than I need. There's more than I need in my pantry, in my refrigerator. Guys, I have this machine that keeps food cold. Have you ever seen one of those before? It's unbelievable because of the goodness of God. I didn't even have to put it together. Somebody else did that for for me. He gave someone a mind how to create a box that would keep food cold. Come on, that's only the goodness of God that could help us as humans know how to do that. And some of you are rolling your eyes at me right now and you're like, whatever, Matt. And I'm saying, we miss it. I mean, maybe we're missing the goodness of God that is all around us. Guys, I live in a house that I didn't have to nail one nail to get the walls to stand up. It's unbelievable. Somebody else did it for me. It's unbelievable what God has provided to so many of us. And I know all of us don't have a home. I know, I don't want to put that on everybody, but so many of us miss the goodness of God 
And I wonder, why do I miss it? A couple thoughts. A couple thoughts. In a world of God's incredible abundance, here it is. I think we often fixate on what we don't have instead of what we do have. I mean, I think that's for me. And I think, I think about um, the Garden of Eden. Go with me just for a second. Oh, man, I'm trying to hurry. I, pr- I promise. The Garden of Eden. You know the Garden of Eden? You know that story at the very beginning of the Bible? God creates Adam and Eve. He get like the Garden of Eden. And so sometimes I think, how big was the Garden of Eden? And I think, okay, was it this big? What do you think? Do you think it was this big or bigger? Bigger. Okay, so you're with me. It's, it's probably bigger than this platform. What about this room? Do you think the Garden of Eden was this big or bigger? They have a ton of kids. One of them's probably crying. It's all good. <laughs> right? Okay, anyway. Um, I mean, everybody was looking, wondering, so I just thought I would let you know. Um, so do you think the Garden of Eden's bigger than this room? What about this building? You think Garden of Eden bigger or smaller? Bigger than this, okay, because all the animals, right? There were so many animals, so you gotta think, it's gotta be bigger than this place. So let's just think about a zoo, all right? Maybe it was the size of a zoo. And listen, God told Adam and Eve, he said, you can, you can eat anything you want in this whole garden. You can do whatever you want in this garden. And it's not just like it's the size, of, because if it, I would understand better if it was the size of this platform. Like if this was the Garden of Eden, I can imagine that Adam and Eve just kept walking that one tree that God said, just not, just not the one tree, just not the one tree. I can understand if it was this big, you could just fixate on it and you'd be like, oh, I just want to try that. I mean, that's, that, what is that? Pomegranate? Oh, man, if I could just try the pomegranate. But there's pineapple. Yeah, pineapple. I'm tired of the pineapple. Like pomegranate sounds really good right now. And some of you are like, I think it was an apple, Matt. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But you get the point, right? How is it that Adam and Eve could be in this huge place of abundance and fixate on the one thing that God said, stay away from that tree. It's going to cause all kinds of problems. How could it be? How could it be that today... In the places that we live, how could it be that we walk around and ignore the goodness of God, fixated on the one or two things that we don't have? Guys, that's conviction for me, and I just want to bring you along on the train ride because I miss it all the time. And it's possible, here's the second thing that I was just, as I was thinking about my own life, it's possible to be the beneficiary of such incredible generosity, God's incredible generosity, that we slip into a state of entitlement and greed. Listen, it's possible, friends, church, it's possible that we've just received so much of God's good that we've landed in a place of entitlement and greed. And we're fixated on the things that we, we don't have when we're surrounded by an abundance of things that we don't even really need that much. Man, it's super quiet in here right now. No amens after that one. It's so easy to see entitlement in other people, isn't it? Oh, that kid driving that car, oh, acting like he deserves it. That's not his car. That's his daddy's car. Come on. 
He's so entitled. It's so easy to see it in other people. It's tough to see it in the mirror, isn't it? Oh. God is so good. So good. He's given me so much more than I need. And um, gosh, I think when we begin to understand and experience God's generosity, we, re- we, we, we step into this freedom and this joy of multiplying his generosity to the world around us. I think that's what happens. When we begin to fully understand what God has given us, we just begin to multiply it. So here's over the next couple weeks, and then I'm, I'm, I'm done. Over the next couple weeks, here are just a few of the things I, I want us to wrestle with in the ways that we live, okay? So you can take a picture of the screen, you can write this down, maybe we'll tweet it out or whatever we do, uh, Instagram it out, we'll, it'll be on the gram. Um, that, sorry. <laughs> um, and it's, it's these tensions, and uh, here's the deal, I, not this one, we're, we're gonna get there in just a second. Um, I mean, you can take a picture of this one if you want. Uh, it's these tensions, but these tensions aren't meant, I'm not going to put these on the screen so that you might feel guilty. That's not the point of this. The point of this is not at all about guilt. It's about acknowledgement of God's goodness. So I don't think God wants to lead us into a place of guilt and just feeling bad and horrible about ourselves. I think he wants to lead us into transformation where we can live in the goodness of his abundance. Right? I think that's where God wants us to go. And so that's where I want to lead us. So here's the tension that I want us to kind of walk through over the next few weeks. And these, some of these are gonna, just gonna be hard for us. Here we go. So the first one is this, abundance or scarcity. What, what kind of world are we living in? Are we, are we living in a world of abundance as God created it, or are we living in a world of scarcity where we, we, we grab and claw at everything to hold on to it because if you get something, it means I don't get anything. Are you with me on that? Does that make sense? Two very different worldviews, abundance and, and scarcity. The second thing, selfless or selfish. And those are two very different ways to live in the world today. And I, um, I find myself slipping into the selfishness quite a, quite a bit. And yeah, amen. And uh, I think God wants us to learn that the best kind of life is a selfless life. And that when we're able to let go of the blessings that he's given us, when when we're able to reflect those, that we actually find life in abundance. And uh, I am not a, like, a, a prosperity teacher that if you give something that God gives you like that in terms of money back. But I do believe this, that when we let go of his goodness and we reflect his generosity to the people around us, that he does bless us, not always monetarily, but he blesses us beyond measure. And we find a new joy and appreciation for the life that we have. Thankful or bitter? Am I thankful for for? the incredible goodness that I've received from God or am I bitter fixated on what I don't have? Are you, does that make sense? It, there's a tension there. Am I joyful or am I jealous? Now, let me just give you one way to find out. When you go over to someone's house or when you see someone in their car, 
driving really slow on Shea, just kidding, I had to bring that up this week, or whatever it is in your life, do you find yourself joyful with them for the goodness that they've received or what they're enjoying? Or do you find yourself jealous? You want what they have. Are we joyful? Those around us who have experienced the goodness of God. And here's the big one. Are we simply um, consuming the generosity of God or are we contributing are we multiplying what God has given us? And those are very, very different ways to live, y'all. That's my southern roots. Um, and, and, and I believe that, that generosity in the kingdom is generosity multiplied on the earth. I, I believe that to be true and that God's calling us to be a more generous people. Um, next week, as we dig in just a little bit more, um, Here's, here's a little statement just that I read uh, a few weeks ago, and I've just been coming back to this again and again. Um, uh, next one. I believe there is a problem in this world that you were called and created to solve. I, I, I didn't write this. I was reading it. It is your responsibility to find that problem and make it right. I've been wrestling with this. I've been wrestling with this. Is, are, are there things in this world that you, that God has designed and equipped you to address, that he, he's calling you and inviting you to be a part of the solution in this world? It, are there things that, that God has designed you and equipped you to do? Some things to fix in the world. And I think that's part of recognizing the goodness of God, the generosity of God, is that we can say, God, not only, I mean, you, it's absurd, but you've invited me to be a part of your solution to the world. And I can either like point out everything that's wrong or actually, I can actually be the change in the world around me. Come on, that's a message that we need, isn't it? I can either point out everything that's wrong about everything around me or I can simply be the kind of change that this world needs. I think God calls us to be the change to expand his generosity. Um, we're going to close today with this one last song. It's one of my favorite worship songs right, right now. Will, will you stand with me? And it's this, um, it's, it's this beautiful song that reminds us that God does wonderful things, that, that more is possible than we could ever imagine. That, that God is, is good in all things. And even when we don't deserve it, he invites us into his goodness. He invites us into his grace. God, um, as we close our service, our time together, as we turn back to you, um, God, we see Jesus and we don't deserve Jesus and the grace and the goodness and all of it, but you give it to us anyway. You're just that good. And I pray you would remind us every single day. And I pray we would become aware that you do wonderful things. Thank you for the love and grace, the truth that came through Jesus. We pray this in his name.